You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. Well, hey guys, hope that you are doing well today. We are continuing our series entitled Threads, the subcategory or subseries that we are in right now is Empires, Kingdoms, and realms. And a couple weeks ago, we did a night of worship, which gives us the opportunity to circle back and hit a subject that we sit, hit on the weekend services um, here at Faith Chapel a few weeks ago. And that is this, is this idea of kings. And um, I, I wanted to do kings. One of the other options was to do judges. And uh, we had this incredible message on the weekend about the the roles that judges and kings played. But I wanted to focus on kings. And I think it's important that we make something really clear is that the nation of Israel and human beings in general were never supposed to have a, a human king. The intention of God was that he would be their king, that he would be our king and the leader of the human race for all time. But humans are broken and messy and honestly just stupid sometimes. And so the passage that I want to look at is the moment that the nation of Israel asks for a king. Samuel is a prophet that is appointed over the nation of Israel. He serves as a conduit between God and the people of Israel. And the book of 1 Samuel is after the time of Judges, who are those pseudo-kings and the installment of kingship. So this is where this is where Samuel plays a role, after the, after the Judges but before kings. And he um, has this moment where he's the one who gets to appoint the first king. But what I want to do is I want to look at 1 Samuel chapter 8 and this really interesting interaction between the nation of Israel and Samuel as as the the request for kingship for human kingship comes about. So we're going to start in 1 Samuel chapter 8 verses 4 through 5. It says so all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, "You are old." Which first of all, ouch. But then they say this, "And your sons do not follow your way." So it's important to know this is that the sons of Samuel would would naturally take his place as a conduit of God, but they are rebellious, they are sinful, they are not people who are going to be prophets. So the elders of Israel say, now appoint a king to lead us, and this is the phrase that matters, such as all the other nations have. Appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. So the first point this week is the fear of being set apart. The nation of Israel had been selected by God. They had been led out of exile. They had been chosen, but their response was human. Their response was a desire to be like everyone else. Now, I think we could probably spend an entire sermon or even sermon series on the dangers of being just like everybody else, but let's just camp here for a couple minutes and, and, and hear me when I say this. You are not called to be like everyone else. You have been uniquely and wonderfully made to be you, that God has created you with giftings and abilities and relationships that nobody else has. God desires for you to not be like someone else, but to step into the full capacity that he has given you. In tandem with that, a community of people like Faith Chapel Young Adults, we we are not called to be a community just like every other community, that the church, the big C church, the movement of Jesus, isn't supposed to look at culture and see what the communities of culture provide and say, well, we just want to be just like that. No, we 
can look at the nation of Israel and we can say, no, we want to be set apart. They made the decision not to be set apart. They wanted to be like everybody else, but we can make the decision to be set apart. And I think it can be really easy for us to look at the nation of Israel and roll our eyes and say, like, why were they like that? Like, that's so crazy. Like, they had God who was willing to be their king, who was willing to lead them, and yet they made the decision to be something else. But the reality is that we are often like that, that we know that we have the ability of our own personal lives, our communal lives to be led by Jesus. And yet we so often to be led, we so often choose to be led by something other than Jesus. We look at the world around us and we run after what the world runs after instead of pausing to look at Jesus who chose us and say, what do you want me to be? How, how, what kind of brother do you want me to be? What kind of sister do you want me to be? What kind of, what kind of a friend do you want me to be? What kind of father? What kind of mother? What kind of coworker? What kind of employee? What kind of like all of those things that we would pause and we say like Jesus, like who do you want me to be? I, I am uninterested in what the world wants me to be. I am uninterested in what culture tells me to be. I'm uninterested in what human beings in general, even the ones closest to me, tell me to be. I want to be who you want me to be. So Jesus, would I pause? And in these moments, would I ask for your direction and for your influence and for you to be the loudest voice in my life? And collectively as a community, would we have that same posture, a posture willing to pause and say, Jesus, what do you want us to be? My prayer is that we would be a community who's willing to make that decision on a daily basis. This place, the Faith Chapel Young Adults, is supposed to be centered on Jesus, driven by Jesus, inspired by Jesus. And if our own personal preferences start influencing it more than Jesus is influencing it, then we are missing the point. The whole point of the community that we get to be a part of is to love God and love other people. And that means that we are just going to be as much like Jesus as we can possibly, even in the midst of our brokenness and our fallibility, that we would be people who would say, no, I want to be who Jesus wants me to be. We want to be who Jesus wants us to be, not what the world is asking us to be. We want to do Jesus' will. You see, Israel had been gifted a position of being led by God, and they chose human influence instead. And my prayer is that we would not make that choice that we would not be people who choose to be human-led, but that we would be people who constantly choose to be Jesus-led. The passage goes on to say in verse 6, But when they said, Give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel, so he prayed to the Lord. The next point is this, So he prayed. So he prayed. Samuel's response is pretty amazing for a couple of reasons. One, he knew how ridiculous the people of Israel were being. They were making a decision that was not best for them. And he prayed for them. He said, I know you're not making the right decision, so I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray in this moment. I'm going to seek the will of God. I'm going to talk to God for you, because of you. But I know that you're making the wrong decisions, but I'm not going to respond in anger. I'm going to respond in prayer. And secondly, he was the actual person in position of leadership at the time. So they wanted someone different than him, and he could have responded in arrogance. He could have responded in his position of power. He could have been jealous. Like All of these things, they wanted a whole different person. They wanted a whole different system. They didn't like who he was. They didn't like the prophet-led system. He he could have reacted in anger, but he just, he prayed. He prayed to the Lord. And a question I think we need to ask ourselves is how quickly do we turn to prayer? I know that's easy to look at Samuel and be like, of course he prayed. Like he was a prophet. He was the conduit of God to the people of Israel. 
But we have to realize that Samuel's access to God has been given to all of us through Jesus. And when Jesus died on the cross, when the, when the veil was tor- torn in two, when Jesus died, he said, no, you all have direct access to the Father. And so if we, if we say, of course Samuel prayed, he had direct access to the Father. Of course that was his natural tendency. Then why isn't that our natural tendency? Why isn't that my natural tendency? If I have direct access to the Father, why am I not so quick to pray? Why am I not so quick to seek the will of God? Because he has given me direct access to him. So how quickly do we turn to prayer? I think it's very obvious that it's incredibly difficult to create a lifestyle of prayer where our first response is to lift it up to God instead of reacting in our humanity. But we have to be intentional about working on that and just becoming better at it the longer that we follow Jesus. That that the time that it takes for us to go to God about a situation, about a relationship, whatever it may be, would get shorter and shorter and shorter the longer that we follow Jesus. Because when we react in our humanity, what we do is we ask for the leadership of a human king instead of asking for the leadership of the king of kings when we take our situations to our friends before jesus we're asking to be human led when we take it to our spouse before we take it to jesus we are asking to be human led if we're taking it to our boss or even to your pastor before you're taking it to jesus you're asking to be human led we have direct access to the father let us never ever neglect that verses seven through eight go on to say this and the lord told him listen to all the people are saying it is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. So he he reassures Samuel in this moment, this isn't about you. This isn't about you being rejected. This is about me being rejected as their king. And then he says this, as they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. So he recognizes, yeah, they're, they're forsaking you. They're turning away from you, Samuel. But understand this. They've been forsaking me from since the day I brought them out of Egypt. They have decided to worship other gods. They've decided to go against my will. They have decided time and time again to reject me. So the next point is this, is that when we elevate human leaders, we are rejecting God. When we are choosing human leaders over God, we are rejecting God. I want to be really clear here. This doesn't mean that there is absolutely no benefit to following and engaging with other human beings. But as humans, we have to be so incredibly careful not to follow people before we follow Jesus. That we would be people who are constantly in pursuit of Jesus. That, that the people that we have who are influencing our life would be people who are also following Jesus. So that we, whether it's a, a social media influencer or a CEO or a pastor, you would say, okay, I'm willing to listen to you and be influenced by you because you are being influenced by Jesus. That you are being a conduit of Jesus to me. But if we are listening to people before we are listening to Jesus, we are putting ourselves in a really dangerous position. God makes it really clear to Samuel in this moment that the people aren't just wanting a different man to lead them, but they're choosing to be, in fact, human-led over being God-led, that they're being, they are rejecting the model that God himself had provided for them. And this is an, an ab- absolutely massive dynamic for us to understand in our lives today because too often the loudest voices, the biggest influences in our life come through our phones instead of through our time spent with Jesus. That someone would say something on a reel or a TikTok or, or on Facebook or, or over a news site or whatever it may be, and we're like, wow, like I'm being influenced that by that really really heavily but in our quiet time with Jesus we're not finding ourselves being influenced because we're so focused on what's happening in the world and in culture and the people around us that we have a hard time listening to the voice of God who should be the loudest voice in our daily 
lives. So this is incredibly important in our daily lives, but this is also incredibly important in our faith as well, because we can't look to a stage for all of our answers instead of looking to the Father in heaven. I pray every day, every single day, I pray that the things that I speak on a weekly basis are heard, that they're life-giving, that they're challenging, and that there's fruit that comes from listening to a sermon that I spend time on. But I am not Jesus. You should not listen to this podcast. You should not listen to a sermon. You should not listen to me over a cup of coffee before you listen to Jesus. I am not Jesus. I am a human being with all my own issues and baggage. Don't listen to me before you listen to Jesus. This place, this community is not your savior. Your head pastor is not your savior. I am not your savior. That CEO is not your savior. Like they're, th- Those are not saviors. Jesus is the savior. Human history is littered with people creating idols. Israel made like a literal golden calf. And today we might not be making physical golden calves, but we have not slowed down in creating idols. That we would be people who understand that leader is not Jesus. That CEO is not Jesus. That sports icon is not Jesus. That social media influencer is not Jesus. That political party is not Jesus. That political figure is not Jesus. The American flag is not Jesus. See, those things are golden calves if we elevate them above God. They are idols. Your pastor can be influential. That CEO, that leader, that guy who who gave an incredible TED Talk, he can be super influential. Your patriotism, your your commitment to your country can be really, really healthy as long as it, as long it is as it is not elevated before your commitment to God. We do not worship the American flag. We do not worship a political party. We do not worship a human leader. We worship Jesus. And would that be a truth that we speak? And if we don't feel that, if we are being influenced by other things like political parties or the country that we live in or social media or whatever it may be, more than we're being influenced by Jesus, would we check ourselves? Would we recalibrate? And would we put Jesus out in the front and say, Jesus, you're the loudest voice. You're the biggest influence. You're on the pedestal. And I'm gonna follow you. Let us run away from the desire to follow culture or people before we follow God. Would we fall at the foot of the cross over and over and over again? 1 Samuel chapter 8 verse 9 says, Now listen to them. This is God speaking. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. So, Samuel spends like the next 10 verses and he's like, okay, you guys want a king. Here's what's going to go down. And he just lays it out. He's like, hey, they're going to take the best land. They're going to, they're going to put your sons and daughters to, to work. Like it's going to be, it's going to be hard. It's going to be bad. It's like people of influence are just going to take more influence. People in power are going to take more power that like the rich are going to get richer. Like this is what's going to happen. If you put a human being who is not perfect in a position of kingship only bad things are going to happen. They will not be what God intended it to be. And he lays it out for 10 verses. And then in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 19 through 22, they give this response. And the response is this, refusal. <laughs> but the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. When Samuel heard all that the people said, he repeated it before the Lord. And the Lord answered, listen to them and give them a king. 
I think that these two verses are incredibly heartbreaking. Samuel issues this final warning, but they refuse to listen. And then God relents, and you can almost hear him say with a deep sigh, fine, fine, let them have their way. Give him a king. Let him, let him see how that works out. So a question I want to ask is this. Are we willing to listen? One of the problems with the people of Israel is that they were more concerned with being listened to than they were concerned about listening to God. And that hits me way harder than I would care to admit because I so often find myself in that exact same place that I care more about being listened to than I care about listening I had just had a situation that happened last week and it was a sensitive subject. And I was like, man, there's a thousand different ways I could react to this, a thousand different words that I could speak. I could come from an angle of grace, come from an angle of truth, like all of these different things. And I was having a conversation with one of the guys in our office and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go pray. And so I went down to, to a prayer room on the other side of our building. It's like an older prayer room. And I was like, yep, this is like, this is a whole, a holy spot set apart. It's quiet. I'm alone. I suck at praying in the first place. I'm like a freaking puppy with a squirrel. Like I'm just like constantly being distracted all the time. And so I'm like pacing through these few pews that are in this prayer room and I'm praying and I'm, I'm a verbal processor. So I'm praying out loud and I'm, I'm like, okay, I could do this. I could say this. Like, what if I do this? Like going through hypothetical situations and responses and all of these different things, 20 minutes, I'm just walking around and I leave and I'm like, okay, I know what I want to do. I know what I want to do. I come back to the offices and, and that guy that I talked to who knew my situation was like, hey, how's it going? I was like, good, good. Like, I, I think I know what I'm going to say. I think it's going to be it's going to be good. This is going to be the best outcome. And he goes, great. Like, what what do you feel like God was pressing on your heart? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't I actually didn't listen at all. I spoke. I spoke and I dialogued with myself and I spoke out loud but I did it in the prayer room, so I felt like God was there, and I, I, didn't, I didn't listen. So I went in my office, and I was like, no, I got to go back. So I walked down to the prayer room, and just to be clear, like a prayer room is just a room. <laughs> it's just quiet and undistracting. I just sat there for like five minutes and just said, Lord, I, want, I just want to hear what you want me to do. And would you confirm what I came to to the conclusion on, or would you challenge the conclusion I came to? And he challenged my conclusion, and I didn't do the thing that I was going to do, and the thing that I actually ended up doing, the thing that I did after listening to God was the correct way to approach the situation. Are we willing to listen? Or do we just want God to listen to us? Our gripes, our laments, our anger, our praises, whatever it may be, do we want just God to listen to it? we want to be a one-sided conversation or do we want to take the time to listen to the creator of the universe who has our best interest in mind? Are we willing to listen? See, what if we actively fought against the natural human tendency within us? And what if we listened first? We listened first to God, we listened first to people that we were quick to have, we were, we were quick to listen and and really, really long to have an opinion, that we would wait a long time to have an opinion or to speak our mind, but we would be people who listen to others genuinely, that we would listen to God first. Are we willing to listen? One of the things that the nation of Israel says in this in this last passage is this, is that we want someone to fight our battles. We want to, we want to have somebody who's going to go out before us and who's going to fight our battles. They want a king to stand before them and face the enemy. The problem is that their enemy and our enemy is not flesh and blood. No human being can fight the battles that need to be fought on our behalf. 
So can I just offer a simple suggestion and a suggestion that I am more often unwilling to listen to than I am to listen to? If we want someone to fight our battles, we should probably choose the one who created the space in which those battles are even being fought. That we would understand that our, our battles are not against flesh and blood, but against the kingdom of darkness. Would we listen to Jesus and allow him to fight our battles for us? No human being can fight that battle. Only Jesus can. Let's choose him. Let's be led by Jesus. So my prayer, my desperate prayer is that we would be people who actively and intentionally choose not to be human-led, but that we would be people who choose to be led by Jesus. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.